when we get in times that are contentious, our fear part of our brain overtakes us and we stop making logical decisions. Moving into 2024, everybody, zoom out. Think, slow down. Try to get away from the noise. If you can't, don't get on your phone. Do not get onto social media. Understand and make a list of the things that are important for you to know, because they're important things for your business, things like that. Focus on those and then cut out the rest of it. I'm not saying to shut yourself out from news. I obviously don't do that. I take in lots of inputs. But if you can't take in inputs without categorizing them, without prioritizing them, and identifying and separating them from the noise, don't do it. What good is it going to help you? How's it going, everybody? And welcome to the new year, 2024. Now, one of the things that I like to do is share a lot of the research that I'm doing, how that coincides with uh, work and uh, what we are doing, investing and building our businesses and uh, why I focus on some of the different things. Now, um, a lot of you know that the point of saving capitalism is to make sure that the system is working for you and that the more that we participate in it, the more that uh, it benefits as well as us. And that is the goal. It is to allow more people to experience the benefits of the system that has changed the world. Now, 2024 will be a wild year, everybody. It is going to be a year of noise and very few signals. Now, if you don't know the difference between the noise and the signal, there's a great book on it. But uh, since or in its simplest form, we have so much noise out there, but very few signals. And so we don't understand what they're telling us. There's things that are actually important that mean something and are signaling to stop, go, change. And there's other things that aren't. It's just noise. This has never been a bigger problem than in today's age. Why? Because we have cell phones and people are consumed by the noise. This is something that I'm going to be talking about and reiterating a lot this year. And I've talked about it in other podcasts as we need to change our frame of reference and understand out of all of this noise, um, what really matters. Now, that is the number one thing that will change not only this year for you, but your life. And that is perspective. And perspective is something that is very, very hard to obtain. It's one of the reasons why I study so much is I'm trying to get a better perspective on things, which I, I personally don't even think that I have. I don't think I have a good perspective. And so I work very, very hard to change my perspective, my thought process to understand what's happening and to make it less emotional and more methodical that I am in more control of the inputs that I not only can decide what is noise and what is signals, but then when I understand what is important, I have the context to understand how important it is. So prioritization of the signals. Now, these are things that are completely out of whack, especially in the United States. The United States is 100% plagued with these problems. Their perspective on their, their view on what's actually happening versus their, their view on what they believe is currently happening versus what is actually happening has never been wider in the United States. 
um, the reality of their people's own situations versus the expectations or perception of how that falls into history and everything else is so wildly skewed. And I believe that's largely because of noise. Now, this makes for very, very unhappy people, including me, you, and everyone else, when our um, overall expectations are not aligned with reality, then there's massive uncomfort and friction. And when we don't have perspective to understand our position in the whole and understand what is the good things and the bad things, that doesn't allow us to properly prioritize and execute. And uh, we have a lot of different data points and things that we'll be working on. And I'm going to do a whole podcast uh, just on that. On It's like, I think I've got 20 key figures that will completely reshape the way you see the world as well as your own life. Um, but for now, moving into this year, talking about changing perspective and the signal versus the noise, what you need to do moving into it, I think it's really important as we invest what we're doing, building businesses and investing, we are assessing the marketplace, right? All we're doing is we are looking at the overall state of consumers, capital, uh, capital demand, all that kind of stuff, and trying to find how can I build and service the market? Where is demand? What is the price level of that, uh, that uh, demand? And how do I build a business model that it can efficiently deploy that demand? So we're doing this all the time. That's what we do. That's what entrepreneurs and investors we do. Uh, now, that is why, in general, some are much better than others because they are able to understand the inputs and understand what is a signal versus a noise. Now, this is something that I believe I had a firsthand experience in because when the Great Recession hit, um, I was investing, I was starting businesses, but I was also consulting with hundreds of companies. And they paid me to manage their self-funded health care and health benefits capital that they deployed to employees. So I was working with the C-suite as they were going through. And I watched a lot of companies go under. And uh, that, that time was very confusing uh, because it was the first time in my life that I think I had seen major outside things affect day-to-day uh, -day things, economically speaking, in any kind of manner like that. Uh, it, it, it was so wildly shaped by unseen known things. This isn't that one company went under. This isn't that we had a spike in oil cost. Uh, this was numbers, ones and zeros. This was caused by debt, insurance, and risk allocation, then execution on that, that was behind the scenes, that affected millions of people, changed their perspective, the way that they acted. They took on unmeaningful risk, and it blew everything up. And then that went into areas that had nothing to do with the actual cause, and it took started to take everything down. That, that created such a desire in me to understand because I felt so out of control. All the things that were happening, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't stop anything, couldn't do it. It was just managing chaos. 
And uh, that's something that went on for a long time. Now, through that, I began to study macroeconomics, microeconomics, how those worlds play in. I started to study, you know, the overall way that people invest, what actually triggers buy-sell decisions in us, why we do things that we do that we don't even know we're doing. Um, and I was looking for answers like so many, I think, were. And I was trying to figure out how do I build it. Now, during that time, I think focusing on understanding why people do what they do, it allowed me to prioritize, separate, and that allowed me to make very, very big decisions that would seem counter at the time, um, very contrary, and probably one of the most heated times of fear and things that we've ever seen. That played off big. We won very, very big for that. And it wasn't so much about being able to know things that others didn't. That didn't exist. I didn't know anything any other people did. In fact, I knew probably a lot less. Um, I didn't have unforeseen knowledge. Most of my assumptions were wrong. The key the thing was, though, that the assumptions that mattered were right. So able to distill things, try to cut emotion out and get to core concepts, everlasting truths and principles of investing in, in business. And uh, that allowed um, us to obviously not just survive, but thrive um, and built our companies and expanded our companies in a time when others um, were failing. Now, once again, I'm not saying that I knew something. I don't know anything that you wouldn't have access to today that you would know. I, I, there's nothing that I knew at the time that you don't know probably 10 more, 10x what I knew back then than you, you any of our listeners do today. So there wasn't that kind of advantage. Um, and perspective and long-term thinking, I think, is really what did it. I, I, I didn't think in terms of you know, one or two years, I had very, very long set goals. And that allowed me to almost play a different game because the rules um, of which I was playing by were very different than others. Other people needed things I didn't need. Other people thought in ways that didn't make sense to me because our goals were different and were not aligned. That um, it was like a, a, a big hedge. Now, what I want to do is try to help people get perspective and understand. First of all, we're gonna go through some tools. Uh, 2024, I can only imagine will be filled with um, very scary times because there will be so many people that are monetarily incentivized as people are scared. Uh, as we know, when uh, the election the election of Donald Trump, CNN was their height. That was the height of what they made, all news was. But after that, CNN was a fraction of what it used to be. And they were very incentivized to propagate fear 24 seven. And the things that were sent out light obviously never came true, um, but that doesn't stop news organizations, social media companies, everything else to capitalize on chaos and fear. It's embedded into code. It's embedded into how the business models work. 
there's nothing that you and I are going to change about that. Um, understanding it, I think now we have a much better understanding of what happened, what the reality of the situation, and we think the large fall in institutionalized trust. And that was because uh, we figured out that you shouldn't ever trust them. Their incentives aren't aligned not only with yours, but half the time they are either not being truthful or they are being deceptive or they're leaving out key things, whatever it is, not half the time, excuse me, all the time, meaning that there's an agenda to what they're putting together. I'm not even saying that's bad. They're a business. That's what they're doing, right? Now, understanding those things, though, leads to mass, um, almost hysteria, not even hysteria, what do I mean? Mass not understanding or perceiving the world that they people live in that we actually live in meaning that it, we live so much in our phones that those inputs coming in all of a sudden shape our minds reality to what's happening now i got a story that i want to tell because this is something i am so acutely understanding of uh the, when i was in the hospital i was attached to tubes i couldn't speak i couldn't move so this went on for months now there's an interesting thing that happens when you lose all your senses. And uh, it's something called ICU delirium, as well as other things. When I, your feet tell you you're on the ground. So your nerves are sending signals saying you're on the ground. Our senses are taking in information and they are telling our mind the information that it's taking in. And our mind is then perceiving the world predicated on those inputs. My inputs had been vastly limited, right? So there were very few inputs that my mind could really take hold of because it just wasn't getting very many. So it was constantly searching, almost like a honing beacon, right, for inputs to come in so that it could understand the world around it. Now, um, I had a friend who was visiting him and my wife were talking and he had gone to had gone to or was going to Japan. And so they sat in the room as I sat and just kind of looked over at them, right? And they talk, were talking about Japan. Well, the room changed and all of a sudden I thought we were in Japan or going to Japan. Now, the room obviously didn't really change. I wasn't in Japan, but my mind took in whatever inputs it could and it created a reality for me to understand what was happening. Still today, when I look back, I was not in a hospital bed, I was in Japan. This happened over and over again. I have memories with people where we were on the beach, other ones that we were either swimming, things like that, all while I was sitting hooked to tubes in a bed, none of which were real, but my mind made what it took in real. We saw this when Donald Trump was elected. Everyone was flabbergasted. How could this have been? Well, they shouldn't have been. But the reality that they were perceiving and their echo boxes and things that they were taking in shaped the world into something that it never was or was going to be. And then when it turned out that that wasn't it, the recoil of it was violent the lack of being able to deal with a reality that you didn't they didn't want and they didn't think good or bad doesn't matter the point being is 
we can shape our world around us and we can create essentially today our own truths. That doesn't mean it's true, but every input that you have says it is. This is dangerous. And when we go into next year, all of the inputs that you're taking in, conversations, things on TV, radio, news, are all incentivized to make you believe in whatever narrative or whatever thing they're saying is reality. And a lot of it will be politically driven. So you will have two worlds that will be created next year in the minds of two totally different people. They will not only not see eye to eye, they will not believe what they are perceiving, even if it is reality, both sides. The reason being is they are in their phone. All the inputs are coming in. This happens in economic times of turmoil. This is why we have such big swings in the economy. You have a big swing from fear to greed. Well, when everything's going good, the party will never end. Why? Because all the inputs tell us that it won't. Meaning everybody's making money. I see everybody doing better, right? In fact, most people start to think like, I'm losing out. I'm not good. I had a meeting and I, um, with a, a group we're in and we're not, and we were talking about this about a month ago and one of the individuals in their medical field, right? He was making, he is making like $400,000 a year. And when times were booming over the last three years, he thought that he was losing the game. He thought, wow, everybody's so rich and everything. And you know, I'm not, and this is a perfect example of a disconnect of reality because what he had done is he had joined groups. He had joined and surrounded himself with people that were doing certain things. And then he started to interpret that as normalcy, right? It's not, okay? And that's not, it wasn't normal. But we all do this. I do this. I do this all the time. I'm not saying that this doesn't happen. And I hope that we can try to break apart out of it. But when you're investing and building businesses, guys, this is dangerous. This is why entrepreneurs build something they're so sure of, but then it fails because the market never wanted it. The entrepreneur convinced himself that his idea was so good because he either wanted it or all his friends and families, friends and family told him, oh yeah, this is great. It's going to be a winner. Why? Because they liked him, not because it actually was. So this is something that you invest in a stock that you're for sure it will go up. I'm 100% sure about an asset class or an investment, right? I am not 100% sure of anything. Nothing. There's nothing that I am 100% sure on. I am not 100% sure that I'm even sitting here right now talking. Like, because I know I'm just, it's dangerous to do that. It really is. So I think that we need to be careful on saying that there is so much of reality is real that we don't even look at other things and we don't even take into consideration. And if you're a hundred percent, you cannot take into consideration anything. You are not allowing yourself to. So when we look at good times, like two years ago, when I started to question and say, Hey, this, we started to look at opposite inputs. And that's when I came up with our thesis and everything where we said, no, this, this is over. This game's over. The commercial real estate is going to get hurt at the time. That was not something that people first of all, believed at all. Um, but it was something that nobody had even thought about. This was the same thing in 2008, right? 
And it wasn't something that I was sure of. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But we chose to look at different or look at the signals, cut out the noise and weight average those signals, right? Now, moving forward here to give us perspective and look at it, you have to understand that you are seeing a microchasm, but our mind interprets things today as reality because if it, the mind does not take into consideration very well things like, you know, past, future, and how it corresponds with today. It is built for today. I see fear. I see opportunity. There's food. There's water. There's there's a warring tribe, right? On and on and on. It is meant to take in inputs around us, accept that as reality so that we can make decisions and move forward within that situation. That's great until you're given a cell phone. Then it's really, really bad. But to help us and you have this, we need to look at, first of all, how we've, you know, kind of overall the phases that we've gone through. America has been through a lot of economic cycle and phases. Now this starts clear back into the 16 and you know late 1700s where we had the colonial and mercantile era, right? Then from there, we move into the industrialization and transportation. Now this is when the Amer American Revolution happened. So now we're talking 1776 right to the 1830s. Now, when we look at that, we have the Declaration of Independence, Wealth of Nation came out, right? We had tariffs and then law, uh, land ordinances um, started. We had the U.S. Patent Act tariffs, uh, which are major, major key acts and things that were going on in the government um, because it was just newly being established. Now, this was a time of extreme turmoil, uh, economically especially. I mean, the states had different currencies. Um, it was very, very... Um, hard to get the United States to work together and collaborate together and find commonality, but then also really do cross-border um, uh, trade. Now, during the mid-19th century, we have the expansion and the market revolution phase or era, the 1840s to the 1860s. This is defined by gold rushes, transcontinental railroad, um, annexation of Texas, the American, uh, Mexican-American War, Oregon tra Trail, telegraph industrialization. This was the, I think, a lot of what um, people believe as this is when America really was America, right? This is now the state's on the East Coast are working together and now it's expanding forward, right? This was when America got together and said, let's really become America. Let's head over, we're taking over this portion of our continent, we're taking over this one, we're buying the Louisiana Purchase, we're now connecting California to the East Coast, let's work together and build a nation, right? Um, and that was really uh, defined and characterized by those things, which then led to the Gilded Age and the industrial con uh, consolidation age. So now we're talking about the 1870s to the 1890s. Once again, we're only talking about a 50 year period so far, everyone. We're talking about 1840s to 1890s. This era was then now, another one within that 50 years was the Gilded Age, which we all remember. A lot of people think that these were like totally separate lifetimes. They weren't. And that was characterized by 
technology advancements, economic growth, and big social and economic changes. This is when we had consolidation of power and we had huge corporations. We had roll-up models that were then invented and the consolidation of those. This um, broke out and made antitrust acts, interstate commerce acts. We had tariff acts. We had a Hatch Act that was put into place, right? This was Robert Barron's. We had the trust and monopoly problems, labor movement, movements, social and economic disparities that had come into play. This was a time of advancement in super wealth, but it was a disruptive and uh, um, unregulated time where winners took all in a way that we have not seen um, because of the the actually these were people who were killing their employees like in wild stuff so um that was then ending kind of that 1800s phase so just in the last 50 years uh the last 50 years of the 1800s there's huge movements and change that we saw when we move into the progressive era and the reform movements we're talking about the 1900s the 1920s which as a lot of people know that happened to be banking financial reforms Women's suffrage was a big thing then. This was right before the World Wars. Mary Poppins, right? You can remember that stuff going on. But we had the Federal Trade Commission Act. We had um, the antitrust, Clayton Antitrust Acts came into place. The 19th Amendment. Um, this was a characterization of moving into the new age. The Roaring Twenties came. So then we had the Twenties that boomed. And that was the tip of it. And that was economic prosperity, stock market boom, technology advancements, like uh, because of consumerism was, uh, had so much demand. Now, when we look at this, it was also the end. They didn't know it, but the end of that, that phase. That led to 1930, which now is the Great Depression and the New Deal era. So, we're now almost to 60 years when we started back here at the um, mid-century expansion and market revolution. Uh, uh, revolution. Mexican-American wars, Oregon trails, now to the Great Depression, everything else, we're, we're, we're now hitting a 100-year time frame or one lifespan. So obviously, we have the Great Depression, stock market crashes, we had Emergency Banking Act was put into place. Securities, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commissions, were brought out of this. We had the New Deal that came out, which was completely revolutionized the government. I mean, it was such an expansion uh, that would shape our country moving forward for bad and good that it's really hard to characterize. Um, and a lot of people are extraordinarily um, critical of this time frame, and a lot of people praise it. So very heated debates on this and how it affected the future. Now, that led us obviously into the world wars. And the world war eras then took us all the way to the 1960s. And uh, that was characterized by economic uh, boom. So we had the Cold War, we had nuclear arms races, we had, you know, national interstate defense was done. This was military competition. This was moving full, full force. And that ended, right, as we're talking 1960s, 
um, 70s, that's when, of course, my parents and a lot of other people's parents and your grandparents already lived everything else. So this isn't a long time. Then from there, guys, we're into now my lifetime and everybody else's lifetime, which is globalization technology revolution. Then we moved into the uh, transformation age, digital transformation age of the 2000s. So I grew up in the globalization and the technology revolution age. It was the rise of the internet and technology uh, using the internet. So connectivity, right? Uh, communications, computing power, uh, all that kind of stuff. So the point is in this, you need to pull out. We see these things like one year is all or nothing. We say this, this is when everything ends, right? America's history, because all history is not smooth. It never will be. That is not the rule, okay? A lot of people though, because we tend to enjoy prolonged period times of upside and general peace. And by general peace, I mean, is there wars? Yes, but not like there used to be. So we do have generalized peace, even though there are wars. The whole world, for the most part, is way, way less violent and we don't have any more. There used to be basically continual wars all the time that led to world wars. It was constant battling and countries at each other for resources, right? Anyone that's grown up since the, well, great world wars has known the longest time of world peace in the world's history. So uh, we can fool ourselves in certain periods of time that not only um, is the expectation that there's nothing wrong, nothing bad will happen, but when we do have contractions and things, we also after being in peace, we can overinflate the impact of them. Why? For two reasons. First of all, we're all a bunch of prideful, egotistical um, blobs that can't see past us up on here on the earth. We think that it is so important because we live in it. And we think this is world changing and we're living through history. And, you know, people say things like that which it's not that it's wrong, but it also shows that they don't know that, but it, it's just an overinflated value of self and what we're doing and how we're a part of it. I'm not trying to diminish anything, but when you look at like signal and the noise, first of all, the public is very, very bad in general at mass at doing that. Why? Because the mass doesn't work like that. When you have a hive effect, it is not breaking down T-sheets to look at the positives, the negatives, to look at the correlation and dive into the data. No, hive comes off of emotion. Social media creates connectivity and it creates this massive hive thing and parties and tribalism that comes in and individuals uh, get caught up in it. So individuals are very smart, but people are very dumb. When you put them all together, wow, do they get crazy. And so getting out, taking a step back and saying, is this really the end of the world? Is, is this really the worst time ever? Is this really the best time ever? Now, you, you got to be careful with that. And you really need to make sure you're clearing out the noise and understanding that this is just one small event in a larger process that is encapsulated 
by other large movements and eras that have come before it and will come after it. So the world is not ending. And if it does end, then it doesn't matter, right? But the truth is this, that it will continue on like it has in the past in some relative terms. That means ups and downs. That means wars. That means recessions, depressions. And that also means booms. Recessions and depressions are a sliver of the actual process. So they're actually a very small portion of the whole entire economic expansion. The norm is actually upside. Now, when we get in times that are contentious, our fear part of our brain overtakes us and we stop making logical decisions because we think in terms of finale. It's just over. We, we, we think in terms of die, run, right? Like it, the, our brains don't do well in an economic environment where risks are not equally spread across, right? We believe and we take things to the extreme social movements, everything else like that. Little things, once it gets in the high mind, it can go way over the top and overboard. And people get caught up in it and they start making very, very bad, poor decisions. Moving into 2024, everybody, zoom out. Understand, think, slow down. Try to get away from the noise. If you can't, don't get on your phone. Do not get onto social media understand and make a list of the things that are important for you to know because those signal other things. They're important uh, metrics. They're important things for your business, things like that. Focus on those and then cut out the rest of it. If they're not important enough to where you need to go find it out, don't listen to it. Okay. Now, I'm not saying to shut yourself out from news. I obviously don't do that. I take in lots of inputs. But if you can't take in inputs without categorizing them, without prioritizing them, and identifying and separating them from the noise, don't do it. What good is it going to help you? That is going to be the defining factor for you in 2024 and me and others, I believe. Who can get rid of the noise, identify the signals, and can move through it and progress, be successful, not get paralyzed, not get drowned out, not get confused and not be able to make decisions. That's what none of you want. And that's what, by the way, companies, big, they're not doing that. They're moving forward. They're making decisions and they're capitalizing on times like this. So you can be one that can move forward, capitalize on these times or get stuck and not be able to move and be paralyzed because you don't understand what's really happening because there's just too much coming in, too many inputs. All right, everybody, let's get out there. Let's make 2024 a year where we move forward, take ourselves, our families, our lives to the next level and cut the crap, get all rid of the noise and focus on what matters. Thanks, everybody.